Roll another blunt. I was gonna clean my room until I got high. <laughs> I was gonna get up and find the broom, but then I got high. My room is still messed up, and I know why. Why, man? Yeah, hey, cause I got high. Because I got high. Because I got high. What is going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Witches of Gallery Place podcast. Brendan and Damo back on the show, and it is Saturday the 18th. All-Star Weekend had a little bit of a break in NBA action. Uh, the Wizards have their next game, I believe, on the 24th against the New York Knicks to kick off the last stretch of the season here. But we have some time to, to sit back, kind of evaluate, see where we are see where we're at currently in the East, see what we need to do to maybe get up a couple more spots and a a good time to just evaluate the roster currently. Um, Do we, are are we interested in anyone on the buyout market? Kind of what the approach should be at the summer at this point, now that everything's settled down from the trade deadline. So Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of interesting stuff to talk about right now. And we'll get into some numbers also. Um, but generally speaking, what's your what's your vibe on the team currently sitting ninth in the East? Uh, yeah, I mean it's it's uh, cautiously optimistic. Uh, it would be hard for me to to be down on the group when they've you know just completed a twenty five game stretch where they've gone sixteen and nine. Um, you know that's a pretty solid sample size. Uh, you know, they just look like they just look like a whole basketball team now. Um, everybody's kind of fitting in their their place, uh, you know, and they're kind of just you know being consistent in their role, uh, and and it's kind of clicking. You know, Delon is being, you know, a defensive disruptor. Uh, Beal is being, you know, kind of that All Star All NBA impact scorer again. Um, Kuzma being clutch. KP kind of being that two-way uh, interior force. Uh, Gafford doing his thing. Kispert shooting, making threes. Denny kind of being a utility guy, uh, defender. So, and even none now kind of coming off that bench and giving you that scoring spark. Another guy that can kind of get threes. Uh, and then Monte kind of playing, you know, uh, that efficient basketball, you know, low turnover while making threes. I think he's shooting 40% from three on the year now, too. So uh, it's kind of all coming together, but they got a nice little stretch coming up after the break versus some some, some opponents that they got to climb over top of uh, the Raptors, the Hawks. They played them a few times coming out of this break. So we'll, we'll see what they really made of. Yeah, the last segment we'll talk about today is the schedule, and we'll kind of give maybe a little bit of a prediction, if you will, on kind of how they'll finish out. But looking at the team as currently constructed right now, we were kind of waiting to see how <clears throat> things would shape out with the the Rui trade and then not really doing anything at the deadline. It is presumed that the Wizards are going to promote Jordan Goodwin to the active roster at some point. 
they're working on buying out Will Barton, which I believe hasn't been completed as of, well, it hasn't been completed as of right now, but I'm assuming by um, the game against the Knicks, something should probably be worked out there, at least you would hope. But um, right now it looks like the their starting five that they've decided to roll with is Monte Beal, Kuzma, KP, Gafford, and then their second unit, essentially, um, I, I think they like to play nine guys is what they like to do right now. And then those would be Kispert, Denny, Wright, and Nunn. And then they take out Gafford and Kuzma early, and then those guys play with the second unit some. So I think that's kind of the the rotation and what that's going to look like for the rest of the year. And going into the playoffs, maybe they cut Kendrick Nunn's minutes. But really, that's kind of what we're going to see the rest of the season. Um, I would have liked if they added another center who could maybe stretch the, the floor a little bit, at least to the mid-range. But um, we talked about before we re- started recording, it does signing a guy like Serge Ibaka just to play over Taj Gibson, is that like really a – a wise use of a roster spot. And I'm not sure that that's the, the best use for it. And I, and I definitely would be for it. Like, I'm not against it. But um, once they promote Jordan Goodwin, uh, that means they'd be out of spots. And so I, at that point, they'd essentially just have to cut Vernon Carey in order to make room for someone else. And I'm not sure that – I mean, I wouldn't have a problem with it. I'm just not sure if the Wizards are going to want to do that again for a guy who's probably – not even going to see a, a whole lot of time. So uh, it looks like this is the team that they're going to roll with. And after seeing this team now for X number of games with the rotation the way it is, I wanted to get your opinion of what it looks like. Would you maybe try to be more aggressive to make another addition somewhere in free agency or the buyout market? Or do you like this team as currently constructed, for, for at least for what it is right now? Yeah, for what they are now, I, I just think you know it's it's working. So I wouldn't I wouldn't rock the boat um, where you got to bring another guy in that to, to kind of get acclimated to what they're doing, take away somebody's rhythm, minutes, uh, shots, and kind of just kind of muck up the roles. I think everybody has a role, and it's very clearly defined, and they've accepted it. So I'd say you know going into this last stretch of twenty or so. Uh, games, you know, as you get ready for these playoffs, like you're at a nine man rotation now, right? So come playoff time, you'll probably go down to an eight man rotation. I don't think anybody you assign in a buyout market is going to break into that eight man rotation. So no, I would, I would just that. the only thing I would caution is we do know that um, these guys can get banged up and they will miss games. Now we're we're hoping that they stay healthy for the the rest of the year, but odds are they're not going to, to be a hundred percent the rest of the way. And I mean, let's be real. And at, at this part in the season, most teams are banged up, if not all in some aspect with some of their major guys. And there are some things that just don't get put out there in the media that players are dealing with, which is a part of the game. But I just wonder if, if maybe, you know, they should try and get a wing out there in case, Kuzma and Denny get injured. Well, you know, what if 
um, KP has to to miss time, and then you have to put Kuzma back at the four. Well, then you have um, a little bit of a hole at the three. So do you try and go a Stanley Johnson route? You know, it just the, the it's fine right now when guys are healthy and we're playing good. But all it takes is one domino to fall, and then it can all go downhill very quick. So that's my only concern. With I, I know that when things are working, you shouldn't try to shake things up. And I don't even think that they have to, you know, you sign someone with the understanding that, Hey, look, you know, we like you as a player, but right now things are going well. You're not going to see the floor. Um, we just want you to learn the playbook. Um, be a part of the team, be a part of the culture. And if you do your time, you learn, you know, you're a good teammate. If we need you, then you'll be ready and we'll expect you to be ready. Like that kind of thing. You know what I mean? So part of me just wonders if they should be a little bit more aggressive with that because Vernon Carey is not providing anything to you. Uh, I think he has a, a team option this offseason that the Wizards are for sure to decline. So I'm honestly not sure why they didn't just cut him at the beginning of the season. I mean, I digress. But I definitely would consider it for sure. I don't know how you feel about that. Yeah, I mean, in the in the grand scheme, I mean, a, a, a another kind of stone foot drop center, like it's not that's not the type of prospect I feel like we should be trying to develop anyway. So I, you know, I, I would I would give that roster spot to maybe another a guard or a wing um, that you can get in your pipeline that that has a little bit more versatility as a player. Uh, one player that has been popular and it has resurfaced, so we'll we'll talk about it to, for the sake of talking about it. But um, either Adrian Wojnarowski or Sham Sharania did report. I forget which one it was. I think it was Woj, but yeah. that the, the the Wizards did have interest and in, well and have reached out uh, to Westbrook about trying to work something out. And I I have somewhat mixed feelings about it. first of all my answer would be no um but i could get behind like he made history here um you know he he was a bad player here but he also did have some really good moments and he did lead us to the playoffs that season even though in the, in the grand scheme of things it was to to lose in five to the 76ers but uh, i mean overall i just with the guys we have you have kuzma and kp that are both set up to be unrestricted free agents. If you're trying to retain those guys, I don't think that bringing in a strong personality who can, I don't want to say scare them off, but would maybe kind of irritate them and, and would take away shots from them. I'm not sure if that's the, the best dynamic, um, the best kind of guy to bring into a locker room like that. Like if Russ had the understanding that he was just going to come in, try and help be a leader, quarterback the offense, take eight to 10 shots a game, you know, literally what we wanted him to do when he was here before. If he agreed to that, then I could see it. But it's one of those things where we know he's not going to do it. So to me, there really isn't much of much discussion to have here. If you want to go help tank the, the bulls for the rest of the season or whatever, go for it. But it's not going to be us, and I don't want to be the foolish team to do it. Yeah, man, the, the the you know the Wizards fan in me is hoping like he goes to like the Heat. You know, he teams up right. with Love, old UCLA teammate. He goes to the Heat, man, like and and they start dropping some games because I, I I feel like there's an opportunity for the Wizards to get up to that sixth spot if you know obviously everything will have to break perfectly for them, but. 
Um, but yeah, I just don't see, I just don't see what Russ helps you do better right now than what you're doing. I well, to be fair to him, he does help collapse the defense a little bit more and is good at finding guys like Gafford at the rim. I mean, those two had pretty good chemistry, so I would imagine him and KP would have the same solid or could have the same solid level of chemistry that we saw there. I think he is good for some of the younger guys that we have, but this team very quickly shifted from a, a team that was playing a lot of young guys to a team now that is mostly playing guys that have been around the league for a while. So I'm not really sure that that, I mean, they still need leaders on the team. Um, and I know that we talked about on Matt Moderno's pod, like, you know, Paul Pierce was a, was a hall of famer. And so when he said something, it meant something, you know, Russ kind of brings that same, yeah. sort of dynamic but again we know that russ is not going to take a back seat and he's going to play basketball the way he al- he's always played basketball he is the number one option and everyone else just kind of get out of the way and if you're open i may or may not pass it to you and we just can't afford to have that type of play style here so to me it it, it would have to be a major shift in his mindset in order for things to play out here the way that we would want them to, because I still think he could be a valuable player. I just think his ego would get into the way of that happening. So if he wants to go to China and average 40 points a game or whatever, while shooting, you know, 39% from the field, I mean, go for it. But it's, I don't want to be the team that takes that shot on him when we already know how it's going to turn out. Like we could say, and there's a way that we could try and spin it positively. Well, he'll get here. He's not going to take as many shots. And his first game back, he he's seven for 19 from the field. And we're like, Oh God, what are we doing? So yeah. it's just, I mean, I'd I, I could kind of talk myself into it. If you were telling me he was willing to accept the exact same role as like Kendrick Nunn. Right. where it's not a guarantee you would even play 20 minutes, but you would come in as more like the two guard um, or, or, or one guard kind of as on the second unit as just like a scoring spark, because I wouldn't want him taking shots away from KP or even Kuzma or Monte. Right. Like these are or like, these are efficient shooters, you know, like off the catch and shoot or, or just shooting volume period. And you're telling me we're going to give, we're going to try to make a way for 12 to 15 shots for Russ. Uh, a guy that's shooting, you know, I think his splits this year are like 39, 22, 65. Like, I, I'm just, I'm just not with that. Like, you're going to immediately feel that, that offensive anchor weighing down on your, on your half court offense. And I just, I just, we can't afford that. And then he doesn't give you anything defensively anything so i i'm a total no on that I, I just think they should just keep keep plugging along with what they got right now their nine-man rotation yeah and again there are some things that i still think he can do to help a basketball team but it's some of the bad stuff that he does that that really just outweighs the the few good things that he can do like like we can put him on the wizards on 2k and we know what type of role we want him to play so we can make him play in the right. um compartmentalized role where he only takes a certain amount of shots and they're either at the rim or on the break and he's setting other guys up in the offense or whatever. So like when we have the ability to control that, you know, yeah, he can be useful, but um, in real life situations when we're, 
working with the type of ego and mindset that he has. It's just, I don't think it would be a good fit at all. I would talk myself into it as a fan if it happened. Um, and by that, I mean, I would support it and we'll see how it goes. But I definitely wouldn't be like jumping for joy or anything like that, just because we saw how it went before. And, and we could get away with it because we didn't have the guys that needed the rock. Like we literally had Brad, yeah. Rui, and friends. And now we have some guys with some defined roles as the season has gone on, and we have some more defined veterans on the team. Um, it, yeah. it's, a, it's, it's a totally different situation, and we couldn't have that. We couldn't afford to have that type of play style come in where you think you run the show when we already are, you know, kind of a little bit rocky with where we are at the moment. So I'd rather not, you know, try to make it worse. Now, there, there's a chance it could get really – really good um it doesn't hurt to help to have the extra like star power if that's what you want to call it but it just no i'm with you no i'll pass i'm a no like i like i said in 2021 you know i i had no problem with him taking shot volume away from troy brown jr or uh you know raul Neto, you know the isak bongas those guys right but like I feel like the Wizards have a, a nice talent base now of guys that can actually shoot the ball. And I would hate for him to come in here and you're adding his 12 to 15 shots and then those guys' shots go down. You be, you're going to automatically become a worse offensive team. So I'm, I'm just not with that. Um, strength of – well, let's go over some numbers first. Um, let me see. So three-point shooters for – our guys right now, we, we do have some quality shooters this year, this year which is nice. Uh, we are sitting, I believe, 15th or 14th or 15th in the NBA in terms of three-point percentage. It's 35-something, um, which oh, so is typical. Probably 10 spots since, you know, that 0-10 that, that run. Because um, yeah. they were, like, bottom five in three-point shooting and volume. So if you're telling me they're middle of the pack now on the season, that means they must have been shooting the leather off the ball the last 25 games. Yeah, just um, from a, a percentage standpoint, I can try and pull that back up real quick. Let me see. Team rankings. Shooting, three-point percentage. We are currently 16th at 35.9%. That's uh, tied for 15th with... Uh, Milwaukee and, and Chicago, all three of us are at 35-9 on the year. So basically mm. um, 36%. And the, the last three games, we've shot 44.8%, which would be number one in the NBA. Um, when we are at home, we are, let's see, three, four, five, six, seven, eighth in the NBA. Um, 37.9 so it seems like we really struggle on the road but um as you mentioned like whereas you mentioned we were so bad earlier in the year that uh we had nowhere to go kind of but up but it seems like they've kind of dug themselves out of a decent hole and it seems like they've been shooting the, the ball better lately uh anything i'm looking okay so <laughs> so before this recent 25 game run, you know, when they stuck, when they were coming off of that losing 10 straight, they were sitting at 12 and 20. They were 
They were shooting 30, what is it here? 34% from three on the season, which was 19th. Yeah. Yeah. It was 19th, and then it was on low volume. So they were only in, they were 24th in makes per game. So they just weren't a good three point shooting team. Um, But since then, you know, now that they've gone, what, I guess 16 and nine since. They, I mean, they got to be shooting somewhere in the in the uh, close to the forties, probably. Uh, oh no, not forties, but they're shooting thirty seven percent now from three since then. Uh, Let me see. Hold on. Let me see. Wizards three point percentage last twenty. What is that? Twenty five games. 25 games. And that would rank top 10, I believe. Yep, 37-6, which if we plug that back into... um, into what everyone's done for the season, that would be... 8th. Yeah. Yeah. They were already a good two-point shooting team because they get a lot of shots at the rim with Gafford, KP, and Beal. But then now when you add a top 10 clip from three, well, now that's how you have a top five offense. I love that the that number has gone up while Gafford and KP have been sharing the front court because that was always my concern with um, starting them together is it would relegate KP to more of a spot shooting role when he said that he hated that in Dallas. I mean, in, in his opening um, press conference here with us, he said that, you know, I'm I'm 7'3". I should be more at the rim and, instead of just on the perimeter the entire time, which he uh, he is who he is. Like, he says one thing, but he's not a guy we're just going to put on the block and say, go get him, Tiger. Uh, no. He's a guy that we're, we're going to utilize in the mid-range and, and those contested shots that he is very good at. And he's also going to be a nice three-point shooter at the top of the key. That's pretty much what his offense is and where he gets his shots from. And he's damn good at it. It's, it's not that he's limited or anything. It's just that's where he winds up getting most of his shots from. You could use him in a multitude of ways, I feel like. That's just where he gets his shots from. But I, I, I love that the three-point numbers have gone up with them um, because that also ideally would help our rebounding and our rim protection when Gaff and KP both were already, I think, top rim protectors in the NBA. I don't, I don't know where they both stand exactly yeah. right now, but I know at one point um, they both were like, I, I forget the range they were in. Either way, they're both good rim protectors. And so now that you can play them at the same time um, and the three-point percentage has gone up, there really isn't a negative to, to playing them. That There are no negative repercussions we're seeing from this lineup. It, it, I think we're we've seen that. Yeah, I think I mean they basically swapped Denny for Gafford, but Denny was a bad three point shooter. So you're you're swapping, you know, he was missing layups and missing threes. So you're swapping that for a guy that's shooting seventy something percent from the from twos from on layups and dunks. So you're not really so just having that presence there that's going to collapse the defense. And if the ball is swinging, well, now you have open three-point shots instead of a team be able to take a center and have him roam off of your your small forward and just kind of you know play safety on you. 
Um, you can't, you know, you can't, you're not going to win like that. So, uh, it, it's worked out. Yeah. Um, and I think I'd rather have done the off the bench anyway. You know I mean? I, I think the expectations were for him to go out there and try and be the starting three, but I think where his development is at this point and knowing what he's, he's good at and what he's comfortable with, I think that a six man, um, Top eight rotation role for him is probably all we can hope for right now. And if guys miss time, he can, you know, step in for Kuzma for a week or two and be a, the, the starter there. But, I mean, I, I'm pretty comfortable with where these guys are right now. Kispert, I thought, would be um, not not an exact comp of Joe Harris, but that type of guy where – no, you're probably not like a starter level player, but you can start because of your ability just to shoot the ball alone and um, IQ. And those two things are important. And he's he's got some size too, you know, six eight. I mean, at the three, that's a, that sounds about right. So I mean, it, it's not awful from that standpoint. And I think he has a better all around game than Denny does, which I think also kind of helps his case a little bit more. And I mean, and the. Results in the minutes have shown that, too, I think. And it's not far off, but Kispert has played more minutes um, than Denny this season, I think, for – well, minutes per game anyway. Because Kispert, I think, is at 27-something, and Denny's around, I think, 26. So it, it's yeah. very similar. It's not like there's this margin, but they, they have gone to Kispert more. And I, and I think that shows with um, – the, the way his skill set translates. Like, if there's one of our young guys on our team that NBA teams would be calling for, I guarantee you it would be Kispert just because of the way his game translates. Yeah, for sure. For sure. For sure. Now, now in that vein, I, I'm, you know, I, the, the two big thing, I've, I've kind of seen where some people have kind of said that they feel like it's, it's a gimmick. You know, it's kind of like a regular season gimmick. You know, it's working now, but come playoffs and just hypothetically speaking, you know, say you get to that eighth seed or you get to that seventh seed, you're playing either the Celtics uh, or probably, well, let's just say, say you're playing the Celtics. Celtics are probably going to run with Jason Tatum at the power forward spot with Robert Williams at the five. Do you still stay with those two bigs as your starting unit or do you switch that up? Because the idea of KP trying to guard Jason Tatum is is just terrifying to me. Well, I mean, he couldn't even guard Josh Hart the, the last time we played the Trailblazers. And that was another concern of me with, with starting KP at the four is I know that we don't want him in the paint because we don't want him getting hurt with, you know, banging knees or something down there. But it, that same respect, we also don't want him on the perimeter because he, he just doesn't have the lateral quickness to, to guard guys up there. I mean, again – he couldn't even guard Josh Hart. I mean, part of the reason the Trailblazers got out to that hot, hot start the last time we played them is because <laughs> no one could guard Josh Hart. And, right. and there were other wings that, you know, KP just couldn't hang with out there on the three-point line. So, um, yeah. The Warriors and, got it real bad. Andrew Wiggins was just, just attacking him every time. I, um, I would say, though, uh, looking at it the other way, though, if, if we put KP in, in the mid-range against Tatum, I mean, I think KP's going to cook his shit every time because he can shoot over. Right, right, right. So, so you would stick with it and try to just get Tatum in foul trouble? Um, here's the thing. The alternative is Denny, right? Like, you, you slide Kuzma down and you, and you play Denny, right? 
Or or Kispert, one of the two. It, well, I wouldn't play Kispert because I think the idea, if you're going to take KP out, is because you're putting a defender in that can hang with Tatum or Jalen, right? So to me, the, the answer is Denny or you're keeping it the same. Right. So my only concern with that is if he picks up quick fouls and then his morale gets shot early on in the game, which – and Tatum is good at fishing for fouls and so is Jalen. So I just wonder if it's better to just try and stick it out. You live with whatever – maybe you just try and let one guy beat you. And now he can. Tatum is a special talent. But um, I, I don't know, man. But, I, I mean, I would probably leave it the same just for a game. And if it's, like, really bad, then, you know – then you make a switch. But I would try leaving it because, again, like, and you said this all the time, like, at some point we want teams to adjust to us. You know, if you don't want to have to deal with Gafford and KP and Kuzma on our front court, well, shit, then you better start someone bigger down there. Yeah. And honestly, now that I'm thinking about it again, you know, the Celtics might go Al Horford and Rob Williams just to match up with us. Right. You know, and just play Tatum, Jalen, and then Marcus Smart at the one. I've seen them do that, so they probably could, you know, they probably could go right. like that too. And that I think is a is a pretty good five for them. Uh, that actually would be an interesting series. I, I would, I think that'd be interesting. A little, a lot more competitive. I think it would at least be six games, you know, because um, their bench isn't all that great either. I mean, Gallinari being out the whole year kind of killed them. But I mean, they still got some guys. You know, Derek White's that's okay. Guards, and that's I think the difference would be their guards. Like they got Brogdon. And Derek White coming off their bench. Them dudes can play, man. That that, that backcourt off the bench, that's got to be the best bench backcourt in the NBA. Easily. And then we have DeLon Wright, who can shut down a lot of guys. So that, to me, is where I feel like maybe we'd even have an advantage, I would say, you know? Yeah, but Kendrick Dunn, you, you know... We're, we're, you know, I feel like you had a it's a big drop off there. You know, if you if you go on Brogdon, Derek White, and then you matching him up with one of those two guys. Yeah. But anyway, um, the, the team for for now, for what it is, I mean, I, I think it's pretty assumed that it's it's OK. Um, yeah. Roles are defined. Guys seem happy. Guys are gelling. Perhaps you don't mess with it. But. I think also going back to Denny and Kisper, I think there are guys that we're not married to, right? Like if they have stinkers in the playoffs and they clearly show that they're not ready for moments like that, well, then you guys got to go because the Beal, Kuzma, and KP are ready for the now. So if, if they're not ready for the now, then we will find you a new home. And you, again, th- th- they may not have the, the potential, if you want to use that word at this point, for, for our two guys. But if they help us more in the short term now, that I feel like is a wiser investment because then you're maximizing what our core guys can, can do on the court now. I would rather, like, you can't play two ways. And I feel like the Wizards have tried to do this for too long where it's, you know, they, they try to put – solid guys on the team like the three that we have now and it's like okay yeah you know i could see that team doing something but then young guys are it's like well you know we got to be patient with them it's going to take them a while like again that's why the the johnny davis pick is so frustrating could, could we be bought into this whole thing with him if we were rebuilding sure you know i it, it, 
would be a little bit more optimistic, but it's so frustrating because we need guys that can help right now. Well, I don't yeah. care what th- those guys can do for four or five years because by then this team is going to be broken up. So I don't care about them. Right. Right. So, anyway. for, sure. for sure. I am excited to see what they could do in the playoffs. So if we can get like de- throwing up the X Denny back for the playoffs, that'd be oh, great. Man, that's, that's a game changer. Like his, his, game his splits, I think are to me, like just, they, they kind of tell the whole tell of the season for me because in wins, he's like a starter level player. Like he's like 12 points a game, seven rebounds, a block of steel, shooting like 45, 36, 80. But in losses, he's like a 10th man. Like, I mean, his shooting splits just go in the toilet. And so it's like, and his defense goes in the toilet. So it's like, if you're going to get a Denny Avdia that's a starter level player come playoff time, well, that changes that that changes how I look at that team. I I would now you got six legit guys that I feel like. Well, no, I would say seven, 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 seven guys that I feel like I can count on to to give me productive minutes in a seven game series. Yep, yep. And I mean, really, if if you want to count Kisper just playing in his small role, I mean, that's eight. You know, and then those are the eight guys that will be playing in the playoffs. So, um, any other interesting numbers you wanted to touch over? Anything offensively, defensively? I know you got some. Uh, I would say on the negative side of it, the three-point defense has got to be better. Like, yeah. you know, that, that that's got to be better. I don't, and I can't even really pinpoint what has happened. Um, because it's not like, you know, guys have been out, like the defenders have been out. I just think it's just been a kind of lack of focus, uh, you know, and, and teams kind of exploiting the two bigs, you know, getting them in pick and roll situations, having to chase shooters, uh, and then the rotations come and they're bad and guys are not getting out there quick enough. But, uh, shout out to West though, for kind of throwing that zone out there because I think that's something they can kind of do to kind of alleviate some of that. Uh, you know, you got the length, use it, you know, uh, make them have to shoot over it if you can get in that zone so that way your bigs don't have to chase. Uh, and, you know, now maybe that three-point defense is better. So, uh, but I think if they can get their three-point defense back to where it was to start the year, in addition to them hitting threes, well, now we're talking about a different Wizards team. I mean, one of the reasons I would say, uh, quite frankly, I, I think that's one of the negatives that we're going to see with starting KP and Gafford at the same time is because we know that Gafford's a drop big. KP is a drop big on defense. So those are now two drop guys that can't come out and guard the three-point line and pick and roll coverage and are probably a little bit slower to, to close out on the perimeter on driving kicks. Right. So that would... Be one of the reasons I would say now again, you, you sometimes you take the the bad with the good. Um, you know, it, it just depends on what matters to the Wizards more. Do do they feel like okay, like you know, teams may shoot threes overall a little bit better against us, but if if teams are shooting horribly against us inside mm-hmm. the three point line, and again, if we're seeing the fruits of that, you know, if they're winning games, um, then maybe. You know, you, you, that's just one of the things that you live with. 
Yeah, for sure. And, but here's here's something I've seen Wes go to that I am really, really intrigued by. And I wonder if he'll go back to it as we, you know, if he'll go back to it more as we kind of get into these these more important games down the stretch or even the playoffs. Um, I've seen him go with DeLon Wright at the three, where he's got Monte, Beal, DeLon at the three, and then Kuzma and KP. Uh, I, I, I think that could be intriguing because now you don't have a guy there at the three spot that you could just put a center on. Because um, DeLon, I mean, even though he has his limitations, uh, he's not as limited offensively, in my opinion, as as Denny is right now. And then on the defensive side, he's big enough to guard threes. He has the instincts to do it in the feet. So, because he's 6'5", and he's got a good wingspan. And like I said, the instincts are elite. So I think that could be a, a, a wrinkle that they could really try to go to where you're you're not getting a drop off on either side of the ball. Yeah. Well, and and I think that's obviously what the what the goal is, right? You want to try and maximize both ends of the floor. You want to try and have a balanced approach. And I, I think that Delon coming off the bench gives you a little bit of that flexibility to to try and do that again with it with his size and his his wingspan Denny has some size so uh, coming off the bench Kispert has some size so they have some guys in their starting five and their and their bench that they can try and mix lineups um, because really all of those eight guys are not really I don't know if I would call them like true liabilities one way or the other. You know what I mean? Like sometimes they may, they may be bad, but it's not like painfully bad. Like Isaiah Thomas defensively. Yeah. You don't Russell have Westbrook offensively. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You don't have a Trey young defensively on this team. Right. Um, I, I don't think that there's anyone right now that you can say, go pick on him. Right. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, like that. Like, just a Steve. Um, yeah, I, I, even Kispert. Like, I feel like you know, Kispert is more athletic than he's given credit for. Yeah, like absolutely. he he can play solid, uh, man man defense. You know, even Monte, like for as small as he is, he can be solid. You know, but sometimes he can get picked on and switches. You know, you try to attack him on a mismatch. If you get like a wing on him, they'll just shoot right over top of him. Um, but but. I'm just saying just for like for the position they guard, like you're not like, oh, my God, this is going to be a disaster. Let me see. I'm curious about something with DeLon Wright shooting splits the last 10 games or so. Um, uh, 31%, so perhaps it's not as good as I thought. But over the last five games, let me see, he would be at 44.4% from three. Yeah, he goes in stretches like that. He'll go five-game stretch 40, and then he'll go another five-game stretch in the low, in the high 20s. So yeah. it'll, it'll average out. <laughs> and apparently he, he will give you a big playoff games. We know that he – Remember in that Toronto series against us, he had that big game, and then it was like, there's no way he does it again. And then literally the next game, he went and did it again. Cooked I was this. like, holy shit, man. Cooked this. Uh, I've been a fan ever since, man. I've, yeah, I've always yeah. wanted him on the Wizards as like a backup guard. Him him, and Seth Curry, those have been like my two favorite yeah. 
reserve guards for like the last, you know, six, seven years. Where is Seth now? Did he get traded? No, he's still with the Nets. He's just been dealing with a lot of nagging injuries. Okay. I wonder if that's a guy maybe we could try and go after this offseason as a a backup to or something like that. I don't know. Um, Is he a free agent? Hold on. Let me see. Now I'm curious. I don't think he's a free agent, but maybe he is. I feel like he just signed a deal recently. Let me see. Seth Curry. Oh, he's a free agent. Oh, yeah. So probably no shot then. Oh, well. Okay. Schedule remaining the rest of the way. We have the Knicks on Friday. That's a home game. Then we go on the road. And now these first five games after the break are are with these teams that we are in the mix with or are trying to chase. Um, We have the Knicks. We have the Bulls and the Hawks, both road games. And then we have... um, Two home games against the Raptors, uh, March 2nd and March 4th. Those five uh, coming out the gate right there are huge. Like, if they're serious about trying to get out of nine and get up a couple spots or so, they need to win four out of five of those. Yeah. I would say the specifically the Raptors ones because I think you only played them twice. The Hawks, you got a little more leeway because you played them four times, I believe. Before the Raptors the play three. You play the Raptors another time? Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, yeah. 26. Yeah, you want to try to get on the plus side of those. Uh, yeah, specifically those games versus the Raptors and the Hawks because that's who you're trying to kind of get over and, and stay, keep have the tiebreakers on. And, and it's funny um, that, I mean, these Hawks games, all four of them are going to be huge because if you go look in the – and the Eastern Conference standings, and we can kind of go over that real quick. Actually, we should have done that first before I started the schedule segment, so I apologize. But um, looking at the East, so we have um, Boston, Milwaukee, Philly, Cleveland. Those teams, I can 100% say right now, the Wizards are not catching. Those are the four definites. I'm like, there is no shot. After that, there's five, six, and seven, where – I don't want to say that the odds are good that we catch those teams, but I don't want to say that it's impossible. Um, the Nets lost all their star power, and I know that they've been playing good, and McCall Bridges, blah, blah, blah. I, I still don't – honestly, um, the, the Cavaliers are probably going to sweep them if they're the team that ends up getting the, the five seed. Um, You're six back of them right now, six games back of the, of the Nets. Yep. So, and if the, the, the Knicks are six at 33 and 27, Miami 32 and 27, so half game back. Um, and then there's the Hawks and us. The, the Hawks have one more win than we do, so we're a half game back. Um, if, if we're going by what Brooklyn is, like you just said, we are six games back. Um, we are four games back of the Knicks at six, and we are three and a half games back of Miami at seven. So, there, if we can stay healthy, continue to play defense, shoot the ball half decently, we have enough offense. We don't need offense. Offensively, we're fine. Um, but we need to be able to continue to step up on the defensive end of the floor, specifically uh, the starting five needs to continue to play well. DeLon and Denny are going to be a huge part of that as the season closes. If we can do that, I think that there's a chance that we could get up to six. 
maybe even five. You know, again, what if if we beat the Hawks three out of those whatever times, let's say the Heat sign Russ and he tanks Miami. The only other team that we really have to worry about clearing at that point would be the, the Knicks. Um, yeah, and I know the, the Knicks are playing decently. Yeah, out of all of the teams in front of us, before you get to the Cavs, I think the Knicks are probably the team I trust the most. Because yeah. they have, you know, they their roles are defined. You know, Josh Hart helps their team. Um, you know, those guys play defense, and then Jalen Brunson and, and Randall have been on a tear over the last, uh, you know, 15 games or so. So uh, they're, they're a tough out, man. Yeah, they're on a three-game win streak themselves. Um, damn, Milwaukee's won 12 in a row. God damn. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that's kind of what we're looking at in the in the standings relative to our rel- uh, relative to our opponents. However, I, I would like to mention that the, for the last play in spot, if we want to look a little bit more negative, um, the Raptors are only a half game back, and then the the Bulls are two and a half back. Uh, reports came out uh, yesterday that it looks like the, the Bulls are going to announce that they're going to sit Lonzo Ball for the rest of the season. He just hasn't been able to recover there. So I want to say we're kind of safe from Chicago. I think it's pretty safe to say that. Um, I, I Part of me wonders if the Pacers will get a little hot again since they started off the season. So uh, it's weird how they just like kind of tanked out of nowhere. Like I figure maybe at worst they'd be hanging around like where we are, like um, nine or ten or maybe even eight. I didn't think they would tank that hard anyway. Um but really, for that last playing spot, the only other team that we would have to worry about, like if worse came to worse, is the Raptors. And I think that we have a lot more talent than the Raptors do. I mean, them adding uh, Poto, Poto, I think. Yeah, Poto, yeah, I think I think that's a big get for them because that's really what they were missing. Yeah, um, yeah, for sure. You know, they're they're a lot more balanced now. But the the biggest issue with them is that just their three point shooting, like Fred Van V, three point shooting falling off a cliff has just killed them. So, uh, and I and I feel like a couple of their guys, like Scotty Barnes, was kind of playing over his head shooting wise last year, and he's kind of come back down to earth. So, uh, if they start shooting three, making threes again, though, they're gonna be tough, man. Yeah. Um, I want to. I'm interested in who starts for them now. Who do they take out of the starting lineup, Barnes? They took out OG. What the hell? Yeah. I mean, I guess if you're looking at it like we're going to trade him this offseason, then I get it. Yeah. That's not a good sign. And I, don't, I, I still don't know about Pascal Siakam and Scotty Barnes as a long-term fit as starters together, because they both power forwards to me. Um, yeah. But, you know. It is what it is. Anyway, back to our schedule. So the first five games we covered, that's the Knicks at home, Bulls, Hawks, Road, Road, and then we have two home games in a row against Toronto. They, I think they need to win four out of five of these, uh, of that stretch there. I think they need to go four or five. Um, Next five games, we have Milwaukee at home, loss. Um, Detroit on the road, and then we have two home games in a row again. Man, that's weird. Two home games in a row against the Raptors. 
The Detroit one is the reschedule, right? I have no idea. I think, yeah, I think that's the reschedule, the one that was supposed to be played before the break. But gotcha. That would make sense because we had a lot of home games there before, and then that game got like randomly put in there as a road game. Because if you take out that Pistons game, that would have been a five-game homestand. So yeah, yeah, probably. Um, and then the the Hawks two home games, the eighth and the tenth. I think. Oh, and the, and then the 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 fifth game, the Sixers. So I think you got to win three out of five of those. So let me put the math on that real quick on here. So for, I said we would win four out of those five. So four and one. And then I said three out of those five. So if you go three and two there, okay. Let's look at the next stretch. We have Detroit, Cleveland, Sacramento, Orlando, and Denver. Some tough teams in there. Um, Detroit's at home. Uh, so it's home away, home away, home. Detroit, Cleveland, Sacramento, Orlando, and Denver. I would love if they could win three. I think that's going to be hard. Sacramento's good. Cleveland's good. Denver's good. Mm. Detroit, Orlando. I think realistically you asked for two out of those five, right? Or are you asking for three? No, nah, two is fine. Yeah, two is I fine. Mm. All right, getting closer. Um, San Antonio, Toronto again. Uh, Boston, Orlando, and New York. Uh, I honestly think that they could win four of those five, but I think that if they win three, I would take that. Yeah. Yeah. Spurs are home, Raptors are away, Celtics and Magic home, Knicks away. I think three out of five is okay, right? I think that's realistic. Sure. If you're coming out above 500 in any of these stretches, you're, you're fine. Yeah. Because that means you're, you're gaining a game in the standing, so yeah. And then last four, uh, Milwaukee, Atlanta, Miami, Houston. Let's call it, what do we want to say? One, two games, let's say two. Let's say they go two and two. Yeah, just get two. All right, so that would be... Sorry, I'm playing on my Excel sheet here. So that would mean that they close the season 14 and 10 for these last 24 games. That sounds doable, actually. The key is going to be how they start coming off the break here. I think all of those stretches um, are realistic. That, that first one would be the one where, where I said they need to go four and one. That would be the stretch I would be uh, most worried about in terms of the, the five-game chunks that we went over. Mm-hmm. Because you have Atlanta twice. What was it? Chicago. Um, who did I say? Let me scroll back up here. And that's just one of them. Who you beat is a little more important than what the record is coming out of it. Right. Because right. it's like they could lose, they could come out of that stretch under 500 in those five games. But if their wins are against the Raptors and the Hawks, well, that helps them. So. Right. It's, 
like these that's why i say like win four or five because not only are you and that's no longer a half game that turns into a full game full game well, you gain well. on them so right. that's why I say like, if you come out of that stretch four out of five and then the rest of the season, you should just be able to basically play almost 500 ball because if they go four and one, um, so three games over, and then we said finish the season at 14 and 10, so that's four games over. So basically, if, if they just go four out of five, they can almost play 500 ball the rest of the way and get away with it, I think. <laughs> 14 wins, that would put them at, what, uh, 42 wins on the season? About 500. Mm, yeah. I think that's doable. And, and you know, it's funny because I had them at, what, 43 years, forty-three wins before the year started. That was my guess. So if they got to 42, that would be that would be where I think they should be, given the talent they have. Yeah. So I would say the, the, the key games for the rest of the way are going to be the ones against the Hawks. And the ones against the Raptors, we have we haven't played any against Atlanta, so we play Atlanta four times, and then we have to play Toronto three times. So that's that that's the seven games that could make or break where the Wizards end up in the standings. Yeah. Um. Anything else you want to go over? Uh. No, nah, that was all I got. I mean, uh, I guess probably the last thing. I mean, we t- I touched on it on the uh, the space we did, but I don't know if you had an opportunity to hear the Matt Moore uh, uh, I report. Did. I did a pod with uh, um, with Craig Hoffman. I mean, he was saying that like Monte wanted to be traded, and you know, Kuz wants out, and all of that. And I mean, what what was your thoughts on it? Because I saw it in the midst of them making that 20-point comeback versus the, the Timberwolves, so it just didn't seem like it just didn't seem credible, but I was curious what you thought about it. So first, I don't think that Matt Moore is the most credible person, but I also don't think that he would just be spewing stuff out of nowhere. Like I think someone someone close to the organization probably told him this information. Someone that he deems as close to the organization or or credible because he's not a guy that just says stuff out of nowhere. Now he may be wrong because I think a lot of the time too, like when reporters say this kind of stuff, they're just rumors. It doesn't mean that they're going to come true, even if they're correct. Like if there's a report that comes out that we saw, like the wizards are like say, and and Quentin Mayo gets attacked a lot for this too. Like say Quentin Mayo puts out a report that the wizards were interested in John Collins. Well, if the Wizards don't go and trade for John Collins, that doesn't make, in this case, Quentin Mayo um, not credible. It just means that it didn't, you know, happen to come to fruition. So I think that's kind of the same situation here with Matt Moore, where I, it's not made up. It's coming from somewhere, but whether or not they're entirely true or whether or not that those things actually come to fruition is an entirely different conversation. Now, if you're looking at it from Monte's perspective, um, maybe he, he wants a little bit of a bigger role. Maybe he wants to play for more of a winning team where he's at right now. I mean, let's be real. This isn't the most stable franchise, uh, and we haven't been for some time. So what I understand is he wanted to go play somewhere else. Sure. Um, if he was hoping to, to get traded, 
well, shit, if you were any veteran that had been on a quality team for most of your career and then you came to the Wizards and you went on a, that bad losing streak that we had in the middle of the season, I would hope I, I got traded too. So, I um, would be a starter, though. Like, there's no other team in the league that's starting Monte Morris. The Clippers would start him right now. No, I don't think he would start over Trey. I really don't. Uh, I think he would, but... Just because of Trey um, Man's size and, and athleticism, I think they would start Trey Man. Or um, Terrence Man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of some other teams off the top of my head. Like maybe Minnesota if they don't re-sign Conley. I don't know. Yeah, but Conley is like a better version of, of Monte at this point. Yeah, but also probably going to have to pay him a decent amount of money. Yeah. Anyway, um, the Kuzma stuff, I feel like if if things were that much up in the air or if he was that adamant on wanting to go back out west, then I feel like the Wizards would have traded him. You know what I mean? Now. And I wonder if, like, some of these rumors that these guys get, like, is this, like, is these, like, L.A. guys, L.A. agents kind of posturing Throwing stuff out there because it's like I haven't seen anything that to kind of suggest that Kuz wants out. And he's, you know, of all the players on the team, I feel like he's been probably the most uh, uh, forthcoming with like just little quotes yeah. and things about where he's at, about the offense, his role, and everything. Um, even even the stuff with Dinwiddie, like he was the very first one that was just kind of like, man, forget that dude. Like, um, and so I, I just haven't gotten that vibe from him that he's trying to get to L.A. I just haven't seen that because I feel yeah. like if it was true, he would he wouldn't be able to kind of hide. it. Yeah, um, now maybe he's just trying to be a professional and all that. But again, I, I really feel like from Tommy because Tommy's not stupid, you know, and mm. if there was a serious possibility that he thought he was going to dip out, I think they would have traded him. And then he could have said that in a, in a press conference and we would have been fine. You know, you trade Kuzma for John Collins or whatever. And you say, well, um, we weren't sure about the, the future of our relationship or whatever. And, you know, you, you say whatever you need to, to say that's politically correct to where it's like, oh, OK, so he just didn't want to resign here. And so you got what you could get. And, and you know, you could get behind that, I guess, you know, Um yeah. So I, I feel, and we can't say that there weren't suitors. I'm sure plenty of teams were interested oh. in getting him, even if it was going to be for a rental, you know, because a lot of teams are, could, could use a wing like that that are trying to win a championship this year. Yeah. I mean, I, I think, you know, we give, a, we give Tommy a lot of shit, but he's not dumb. And if you look at, you know, just judging him on his tenure here the last four years, every time we've come into like a contract dispute, what is Beal going to do? Uh, what is Berton's going to do? Now is what is Kuz going to do? He's always kind of kept the player. Even when it was all this media rumor storm coming saying, oh, this team is offering this and the players wants to go here. I mean, how many damn beats of Lakers rumors did we, we hear? Right? And the whole time, Tommy was saying, no, he's going to stay here. And you know, that's what ended up happening. The, you know, when we thought Bertans was a good player, it was a lot of stuff about him getting moved. Well, what is he going to, is he, how are we going to get him to stay? 
he ended up staying right it, it turned out it turned out bad but he ended up staying he was able to retain him on the contract so i don't i don't really s- see anything different happening with kuzma he kept thomas bryant he kept davis bertans he's kept bradley beal multiple times i think that i i do feel pretty confident in being able to retain Kuzma, KP, whatever, because I genuinely feel that if they weren't going to be able to, if they felt like they weren't going to be able to retain these guys in some fashion, that they would have been gone already. Right. So I think it's pretty safe that these three are going to be the three that we are trying to win around now. Um, I guess the, the, the question becomes, what can you do to, to maximize that? Um, with the guys around the team, you know, um, the DeLon Wrights of the world, the Denny Avdias of the world, the Corey Kisperts, like uh, Monte Morris, like those are all guys that um, we like. Now, I definitely wouldn't be eager to trade DeLon. Like if I had to pick one guy out of those others I just mentioned, I would rather keep DeLon. Um, but we really don't have a lot of trade ammo right now. So we got to wait to see what happens with this draft pick and let things open up. So it's not that we can't do nothing. It's just there really isn't a whole lot of flexibility moving forward. So I would caution that. But, I mean, look, we knew that they wanted to keep Kuzma, KP. Um, It seems like they're going to do that. And for better or worse, those are going to be our guys. I'm going to continue to root for them like I always do every game. And hopefully we finish off the season strong. Um, Who knows? Maybe we surprise them. Maybe, Maybe we play Boston round one and we beat Boston in six or seven games. You know, who knows? That's what I'll be rooting for. Of course. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm just, you know, again, like you, but like we said at the top of the show, cautiously optimistic. There it is. There it is. I, I'll just say that I, I'll end on this. I feel a lot better about this group, um, you know, whatever we want to call them, the mid three, the big three, uh, you know, KP Bill, Kuzma. I feel a lot better about that trio of guys than whatever the hell we was about to do with Russ and Beal and whoever you wanted to name as the third, Bertans, Rui, whoever. Um, I feel a lot better about this group than I did that group. Um, And so, you know, this to me feels like a real team, like a real three guys that like, okay, they fit the modern NBA and it's just more a matter of how do you scale up the other rest of your roster? Uh, you know, with draft picks and your free agency signings. And, and you got a quality center that you can start now, right? You have Gafford. And so I feel right. like they just have to try and figure out exactly what type of point guard they run, they want to roll with. And then they got to figure out some bench pieces. It's not a lot that they have to figure out now. It's just how creative can they get with trying to, to fill those holes. And, and to be quite honest, if if Denny and Kispert get better, they don't, they don't have to do anything. Like the only reason yeah. we're 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 saying they got to do something is because we don't trust what Johnny Davis, Kispert, and Denny are gonna do. But if right. those guys turn into players, well, then they don't have to do anything. Right. And then if things don't work, then you know maybe sometimes then there won't be anything to blame necessarily. Just sometimes you know things don't work. But I have a hard time believing that. If, if those things happen for the, for our young guys, that we can't be a, a top four team in the East if, if we can stay healthy, you know? And I know that's a big part of it too, but I mean, if some of our younger guys can pan out a little bit better, then like you said, I mean, that's 
that's a squad. I mean, you don't really have to do much with it. And then at that point, you're just drafting for depth. Um, anything else? No, that's all I got. All right. We'll go ahead and end it then. Thank you guys for tuning in to another episode. And thank you to everyone that uh, tuned into the emergency Twitter space the other night. It was a lot of fun. Haven't done it in a while. Hopefully we'll be able to do it more. Uh, please rate the podcast five stars. Just do it. Uh, leave us a review if you would be so kind. Doesn't have to be good. Doesn't have to be bad. Just honestly what you think about the show. It helps me. It helps Damo just overall you know what we maybe could do better if there's different things you guys would like to hear us talk about more like well dm me some reasons why you may listen to other podcasts over this one and maybe we can try and figure out a way that we can be better we're always looking at it well um but that's gonna do it guys thanks for listening and we'll see you next time